one of my favorite presidents. And on that note, one of Peter Roth's favorite presidents is Calvin Coolidge. Uh, you learn something new every day. And That's I very good. That's everybody very good. Very to the good. world, according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. I want to welcome the Rumblers, the Ranthers, the Truthers. I want to thank everybody that's subscribing and following us and listening to us. Remember, you can listen in both formats via Rumble and, of course, via the podcast. And you can stream that everywhere. You could also subscribe to our email, benstein.substack.com. And we are joined tonight by Peter Roth from the Roth Draft, contributing mm-hmm. editor at Newsweek, Daily Caller, so many other places. That's great. It's great Whoever stuff. Whoever will take his stuff. Peter is there. Great stuff. He's, Great he's stuff. Like, he's like Thank super. He's, he's like Thank Superman. And, uh, Great. Great. and of course, this show would not be complete without America's most humble of servants, speechwriter to two presidents. I truly believe got Ronald Reagan elected. Uh, so make that number three, multiple okay, Emmy award you, winner. Uh, and I, I, and and hung like a stallion. <laughs> oh. Oh, Icon- I have this, it's a different show. I'm sorry, I forgot. Icon, class, and uh, <laughs> he is our John Dillinger. Most importantly, yeah. he's a father, he's a husband, he's a grandfather, and second most importantly, he is the doctor, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. Yes, I am the doctor, and I've been trying to figure out, in God's guts, why is he making it rain so goddamn much here in L.A.? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, yes, it's a very good it, question. It's a very good question. And if you were a little child and you asked that to Joe Biden today, he might not have had the answer. For I, you. I would like to know what all that's about. It sounds like some kind of anti-Irish racism. No, it's it's actually quite. And it's it, he. Well, tell child, us a story, Judah. Come a, on. Well, a child asked uh, Joe Biden what the secret to six uh, Peter, what the secret to success is. And uh, he didn't hear right away. And then he asked him. Gave some answer about COVID. And he then he then he when he finally understood the question, he said, uh, "the the secret is uh, uh, with 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 COVID." Uh, And then Hunter had to interject. I will read you the exact. I I I will read you the exact thing. What's the top step to success? The child asked the president. What's the top? What Biden responded. Step, steps, step to success, the child answer. First Biden, step. Biden responded that the way to be successful is to stop COVID-19 from spreading. Oh, well, making sure that we don't all have COVID. What, why, what are we talking about here, he asked. At this point, Hunter Biden, <laughs> inter- Hunter Biden intervened. Uh, you can't make this up. If you can, what's the, if you can, what's the, what's the key to success, to, uh, What's the key to uh, Hunter steps in to help his father understand the question being asked to him? Uh, 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 That's pretty much it. Uh, So let's go on to the next thing. Well, actually, though, the the answer is obvious. The key to success is to have a father who's the vice president and then to whore yourself out to Eurasian energy companies. Well, I don't think you, that's you, very you nice. Can, you can really. make yeah, huge I, amounts of money I think doing if that. You really don't have anything nice to say about someone. You shouldn't say anything at all. That's that's that's, that's, that's my motto. If you don't have oh, anything I, nice to say about someone, you don't say anything at all. That's, that's, you, that's, do you agree with that? Do you not? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I agree with it. I, I, uh, I, I, uh, yes, I a hundred percent agree with that. 
But, I remember uh, the kids in my junior high, the girls used to say that, and uh, it encouraged uh, all of us boys to be respectful of them and not to try to put our hands up their skirts. Uh, uh, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of that at my junior high school. I can tell well, you there wasn't. Well, there, there, wasn't, was, there wasn't, wasn't much. There wasn't any Judas either. There, there, I could, <laughs> there, there wasn't any at mine either, since it was an all boys school. So I could. Uh, 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 that's for a whole other day. But okay, welcome to the world according to Ben's time. Ben's uh, in a got his sense of humor rocking, and uh, but obviously the top story of the day is this, and it's it's very interesting. And I want to say, I should have spit it out because I called up Peter, and Peter said when he was younger, uh, in his younger age, he uh, had the opportunity to get sort of a top secret clearance. And then I spoke to Ben, who at the age of twenty one had some. Clear. Uh, I think I think I was. I think I might have been twenty. Yeah, I think I was twenty-one. You're, you're I, I believe I had. I believe I had a top secret clearance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but you didn't have. Uh, you didn't have the. Uh, as we discussed before, you didn't have what this weekend warrior had, which is the highest form of uh, top secret clearance. Uh, that That's true. Was, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't that, know. That, uh, we all know people with clearance, and we. I, I dated a girl that had uh, top seat, had clearance because uh, a girl, Judah. She worked for NASA, but my big, the bigger thing is I don't blame this on this. I'm regime. surprised they didn't revoke her clearance. <laughs> That's, that's actually very, that's, that's true. Uh, you're dating him. You're no longer allowed. That's in. right. But Ben, this is actually uh, all kidding aside that a 21 year old. And for people that are not familiar fully with this story, he was in a chat group with 25 to 30 people. Uh, the, and what was the name of this uh, chat track group again, Peter? Um, uh, it's cord, something like that. It slipped my mind. Yeah. And Ben, this is actually, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not taking this out on this regime as much as I'd like to. Uh, it's a very frightening thing that a 20, 21 year old has national security secrets and is sharing them in a uh, chat group uh, while, shocking, they, shocking. While, while they come after uh, Catholics. Well, 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 the DOJ's got their ear on everything. Apparently they don't have their ear on this. Well, I, I, I am... I don't know what to say. Uh, government is not always quite as uh, quite as attentive or thoughtful as we would like it to be. And I'm afraid this has always been true since uh, um, pretty much time immemorial. Uh, government does not uh, does not do everything perfectly. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a sh terrible shame. I think what was revealed by these leaks is far more scary and worrisome about dire shortage of uh, anti aircraft uh, munitions on the part of the Ukrainians. Uh, they need them very badly. The Russians are just clobbering them by from the air. And but these are the bravest people in the world right now. And they're standing up to Russian aggression, mass rape, a slow throat slitting of young girls and burying them alive. I'm just uh, shocked, staggered, horrified that the United States of America, Britain, France, Germany, Italy, cannot uh, find the means to get some uh, crucial quantum of anti-aircraft uh, equipment to the Ukrainians. They are doing, they're fighting the fight for all of us on the planet right now. I'm, I'm actually not surprised because I think we used a lot of it up in Iraq and Afghanistan. 
Oh, and sir, between be, the Obama be, administration sir, and the Biden administration, very we, quickly. It can be we, made very quickly. We, we, but we haven't we haven't replenished. Democrats we, are in the White House. We could they neglect we could. the defense budget. They well, neglect I'm, preparedness. I'm, I'm um, sorry and, to and, say, and, dear dear Peter, my dear friend, uh, that is a problem of Republican and Democrat administrations. And if you are to, were to watch a graph of defense spending as a percentage of the gross domestic product since the end of the Vietnam War. It is heart-rendering, as my goddess would say, how much less we're spending, and we could easily afford to spend more. And why we don't is just just a disgrace. It's a shonda for mankind. It's a matter of political will, and and you are correct on the numbers. Um, I think it's worse among Democrats than it, when Democrats are in the White House than it did it when it is under Republicans. But you're right that the Republicans have put pressure to c- cut defense spending as well. It is it is it is we have seen this time and time and time again throughout American history that we fight a war. The war ends and we think that we're going to have peace forever and we start to neglect preparedness, which encourages dictators. But getting back to. To Judah's point, it's not just that the secrets that this guy revealed are so serious and they affect our allies as well as as our enemies. It's that this 21-year-old weekend warrior somehow had access to them. And the latest press accounts say um, from one of the other guys in the chat room who hasn't been identified because he's under 18, that he oh was sharing God. this information are, with his friends. No, Ben, remember. No, he's the not, other guy, remember. one of the other guys in the chat room. Yeah, Ben, remember. Yeah. As part of this group. Yeah, he he's under 18. Remember, this kid is 21 years yeah. old and he's got the highest form of national clearance possible. I want and, to and, know and, and, and what, sh- what can we do to make this well, better? He, he's sharing this stuff to impress his friends and you know once once it's out it's out and and somebody tells somebody and somebody shows somebody and it's posted and eventually it goes everywhere which suggests that frankly that's something i've thought for a long time number one that the u.s government classifies too much information but number two that they're rather lax about protecting it um, you would think that, you know, I, I, I have been asked to get a security clearance. I have undergone an investigation that didn't conclude by the time the work concluded, so I didn't get the clearance. But I've also had the guys with the little plastic cards in the, in the, in the cases come to my house to ask me about people that I know. Are they reliable? Are they trustworthy? Would you trust them with secrets? Um, Do you know anything about them that would lead you to wonder whether or not they could be trusted? Um, I don't understand how you can give a 21-year-old guy access to that kind of information without asking those questions and without any red flags showing up. I think that's a very, very good point. uh, But I'm sorry to say this is the nature of government, and it's the nature of government I'm sorry to say under Democrats and Republicans, and uh, it, it is a very serious matter. And again, I will go back respectfully to saying I think the fact that we are not helping the Ukrainians enough and that we are not going all out to produce uh, the best quality anti-aircraft munitions and other munitions we possibly can and get them over there to Ukraine as fast as we can is really a 
very, very serious matter. If we lose this war, and we, we do seem to uh, to be on that track, I'm very, very sorry to say, uh, it's a terrible omen for Europe, and I think it's an omen that Europe will not draw correct conclusions from. I don't think they'll say, well, this means we have to produce way, way more than we were. They'll say, well, this means we have to cozy up to Mr. Putin and his other thug friends. And by the way, I don't I, think I, I don't love, think I, I love the Russians. I, they, they they really saved the world from Adolf Hitler. But uh, I think what they're doing now in Ukraine is terrible. I don't I don't think we have to wait for them to cozying up. I think they're I think that people like Macron have already started cozying up to Xi. You're quite correct. No, not to Xi, to Xi, to Xi, or to Putin. Uh, to Xi, both. Uh, uh, to both. Uh, especially with with his talk of the dollar, the, uh, not relying on the dollar as much. Yeah, I, with with the great I, respect to Judy that you're due, I don't think uh, it matters to our national security whether people use dollars to clear transactions or no, yen I, I or anything else. I know I understand that. But what I'm saying simply is the fact that he's so willing uh, right now to do business with a, a clear impress with, so, mm-hmm. with, with the nation right now. That's an absolute danger to us, which is China. We're all, we're, uh, sir, I, sir, I, sir, you look around, is, your, look around your kitchen, see how right. much stuff is made in China. I, I, I think, though, Judah, that that's characteristic of most of the countries in Western Europe. That since, or, since, or the end of the, the since the end of the Cold War, since the end of the Second World War, they have depended on the United States to protect them under the nuclear umbrella. And that was going to keep them safe from the Russians. And so it was okay to cozy up to them. It was okay to trade with them. It was okay to depend on them for all of your um, natural gas to heat your homes in the winter. And it's very cold in places like Northern Germany and um, and uh, the Alsatian region in France and even parts of Scotland and England. It oh my gets God, very Scotland cold. is they almost in the Arctic Circle. Scotland is very far north. Look on the look on the globe, my dear friend. Yeah, of course they do, and it's a terrible, terrible mistake. And it was an idiotic, imbecilic mistake for Mr. Biden to do anything whatsoever to reduce U.S. natural gas and oil output. That was a, an incredible mistake. And we are. This is part of the dictatorship of the climate change thugs who are trying to scare us to death about uh, climate change while neglecting the real danger, which is uh, lo- loss of freedom and loss of, of democratic values. If if we had continued on the Trump energy path, path we would be able to fill ships with liquefied natural gas and send them to Europe not quite like it was the Berlin airlift in 1947 when the Russians cut off access to Berlin and we kept them supplied by air. And if you've seen the newsreel footage, the plane, one plane's landing while another one's yeah, taking 40, off and it's just around the clock, around the clock, food, clothes, everything. We could be doing that now if we had pursued the Trump policies, but because of the Biden policies, we may not have enough energy to get this country through the next winter. Ben. I think I could be wrong, uh, Peter, but I think it was 48, but- uh, 48. But but the, uh, uh, the, it was a terrible mistake on the part of the Biden administration to attack 
the people who produce the energy that we need so badly. I I wish I, I begged my our wonderful viewers and everyone I know to watch an incredibly incredibly important documentary called The World at War and another incredibly important documentary called a very very beautiful one called Victory at Sea, which makes it clear over and over again that U.S. oil was the lifeblood of the Allied effort against Adolf Hitler. And uh, for us not to have realized how important that was, and instead to have declared war on people who produced uh, hydrocarbons, was just incredibly, incredibly stupid. And maybe beyond stupid, maybe it was Maybe there's something more sinister than I, just you see. Stability. I was about to say that, Ben, because you bring up such a great point with that, the sinisterism of it, because when you think about it, everything was set in motion with that. Uh, the, the Saudis were going to need to produce more oil and gas. Russia, obviously, everybody became reliant on on the axis of evil that that, that was sort of, in a sense, right. uh, broken apart in, in the Saudi way. And now all these groups are together. The worst of the worst, Ben, are, are in cahoots together because we stopped our oil policy, Ben. So I don't think- Absolutely, I, absolutely right. Absolutely right. Yeah. And, and none of them are cutting their hydrocarbon emissions. Exactly. And, and the whole idea that hydrocarbon emissions from automobiles and trucks and from the refining of oil and the processing of natural gas were causing the Earth's climate to change in a disastrous way. That was never even remotely proved, not even remotely. The whole war on oil, the whole war on the producers of hydrocarbons has always been based on almost zero evidence. Very dangerous, very frightening. And uh, when, you, when, you have, uh, when you have policies, national policies, based on no evidence and no real science, that's a very scary thing. I want to ask you a question, Ben. So you, because you've been around these people, and I, I know what Nixon said. Do you, do you think the the Republicans, other? I'm not referring to Trump because he obviously gra grasped this concept. Do they are they not able to grasp what you're talking about? The simplicity of what you're talking about. That that it, should do they need to watch with you uh, a world at war? You know, world at war. Well, I, mean, I don't know. That's a very good question and I, I don't know the answer but the answer you said what mr nixon said about the average republican in the house of representatives is not fit to be dog catcher and i'm afraid that there's a great deal to that uh something terribly wrong is going on here with the inability of the republicans and democrats i might add to grasp the fact that uh Oil, gas, coal, oh, they, no, 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 ben, vital parts of American life. And Democrats they? grasp the fact. Do they? Yeah. They, 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 uh, you, not, some do and some don't. Because as you said, the, this goes uh, to the sinister I, part. Yeah, the sinister part is, uh, is sinister indeed. And, and I, I, I'm terrified about it. And I, I, I think... For people to inform themselves about how the U.S. won World World War II and how so very very much of it, very very much of it had to do with the Soviet Union and with the with the war fighting abilities of a fully mobilized Soviet Union, that's something that uh, we don't. I don't think the ordinary American gets that. I, I talk to young people all the time, 
about uh, World War II, and so few of them seem to get the fact that the great majority of the fighting, dying, and producing of war goods was done by the Soviet Union. They really, really went all out, and uh, we we went all out too, but our all out was nowhere near as much of an all out as theirs. And at that time, the U.S. was the world's leading industrial power. We're not anymore. We are certainly a very, very big industrial power, but not the world's leading industrial power. At that time, probably Britain was the third largest industrial power in the world. I cannot even imagine what they would be ranked now. Right. You're, it's a great point. And Peter, I'll ask you, because I think Ben just raised uh, two, uh, always a great point, but um, obviously You're the question kind. is to, to Peter uh, is with Republicans, why can't they grasp this concept and and go to battle over it? Because it's 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 something. And the second thing, Peter, is because we were talking about this today and I know Ben has a hard time understanding it's because it's very hard when you're Ben Stein and having the education and the family life that he was raised in. And, and it's, it's why the, the, the youth of today have no idea about what we're talking about, Peter. Yeah. It's a heart rendering situation. It reminds me very much of a great lines on the super great musical hair. I'm, I, don't, I suspect the only person watching this show who's going to get what I'm about to come to is my goddess wife. And that is LBJ took the IRT down to 4th Street, USA, USA. When he got there, what did he see? The youth of America on LSD. And now I don't think they're on LSD. I don't think I, maybe they are. I don't know. But uh, they're on something which prevents them from knowing much about the history of the world or how the world works. There there are a couple of things. There are a couple of things. When working backwards in order your question, Judah, to to take up where Ben left off. Um, Kids don't know because kids aren't taught. The people that we have entrusted with the education of our children in large part, particularly in metropolitan areas, have an agenda that lines up in sync with climate change, terror, I'm sorry. and I'm sorry. Terror? Um, diversity, terror, yes, fear, scaring kids that they're going to, they're all going to drown because the oceans are going to rise oh, because mommy or daddy drives us to school in the private car and we don't go on the bus. Um, diversity, equity, and not teaching civics, economics, basic history, so that they can understand it. Is it Santayana who said the people that don't? Um, Those who cannot lesson, remember the past are condemned to repeat it. And, and the corollary to that is the people who can remember the past stand around frustrated while they watch everybody make the same mistakes over and over again. And, or or, and or they're they not, succeed, or they yes, succeed. They're not taught. You know, you, you can't blame somebody for not knowing something if their parents or some authority figure hasn't resolved to teach it to them. And, and, you know, I've got two grandkids coming and I'm sitting down sometimes and just thinking about all of the things that I want to make sure they know about America and how it's supposed to work while I have the time to educate them. Now, as to why the, why, why the divisions in the Republican Party, there are a couple of reasons. One of them is that some Republicans, frankly, have been bought off by the Wall Street interests who think that 
trading carbon credits is a new opportunity for um, some people to make an awful lot of money. You know, the idea that I as a business can use as much hydrocarbon as I want, as long as I pay credits or I get credits that can be traded that are supposed to offset the environmental destruction that my productive activity is causing. So some of them have been bought off by those people. Others, I think, are afraid to be marginalized by the, the dumb it down pundit class who buys into the theory of man-made climate change, hook, line, and sinker. They don't think they're smart enough to push back. They don't well, think that, that they have, that they can argue against this huge body of so-called scientific evidence they think is out there. And they don't want to get caught in a difficult position with a live camera on. Now, the House Republicans just passed an energy bill that I think is very, very good. It's a messaging bill in that it marks what the Republican Party position is, but there's no way it's going to get through the Senate. And if by some miracle it did, there's no way Joe Biden would sign it. Um, yeah, well, but tell, I, us about, tell us about that, Bill, if you'd be so please. Oh, it, it, please, it, please. It, uh, it, it undoes a lot of what Biden has done to slow, impede, um, or otherwise uh, impinge upon the development of fossil fuels as an energy source. Um, basically a roadmap back to drill baby drill, drill here, drill now. Um, I've, got some, I've got some more stuff, but I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on it because number one, I'm not an energy expert. Number two, I've got paper that that, that we can share with folks about what's in the bill. But the point is that they are pushing in a pro-development of energy, energy independence direction. Um, but that's, that's, while it's a popular opinion with the American people, that's not a popular position with the people who think their job is to shape the opinion of the American people. I think that's a very, very good point. And somehow the, um, within the, academic cocoon, the political cocoon, uh, the media cocoon, um, you get credits, speaking of credits, you get credits for lining up with the cool kids. And the cool kids are lying to us and saying climate change is going to kill us all. And uh, that's a, a very dangerous point of view. It's not true. And it's going to lead to us being unarmed when war comes. And uh, what, what, what that what happens then is really terrifying. I mean, what happens if lined up against the United States are China and Russia and Iran and North Korea? What the hell do we do in that case? Because we, we would have been in desperately serious trouble if we hadn't had Russia on our side in World War II. Really, really, really serious trouble. If they're against us, if China is against us too, wait a second, please be quiet, roll. And the uh, that's a really, 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 really serious, serious matter. I mean, I can't tell you how serious that is. Now, you know, you're, the point you're bringing up, and again, I'll get to this because I was 
I was thinking about this before is Ben, these, these, these are not things that trend. And when I say trend, they're not trending on Google and they're not trending on, on the, uh, and, and so obviously we know children aren't getting this in the educational system and they're not seeing it pop up on their screen. So you, you, I don't know what kid is going to be or what teenager is going to be looking these things up and they're being force fed the indoctrination, Ben, of, of, uh, of what you're talking about. Absolutely. They absolutely are. It shocks the conscience. It terrifies me. And I don't know uh, what is to be done about it. You and I, in our own small, pitiful way, Frank, and of course, Peter as well, crank out the, whatever truths we can scrounge up, which are lying all around, but have to get out to the right people. And uh, they are ignored. They're ignored, ignored, ignored. And it's very, very, very sad. No, it's, 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 it's extremely sad and it's extremely frightening. And uh, if you just tuned in, you are listening to the world. According to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein, we were joined tonight by Peter Roth from the Roth Draft. And Peter Roth, just Google him and uh, subscribe to whatever email chain I got on from Peter. Uh, <laughs> because I get a heck of a lot of Peter every day in my uh, in mailbox. What? Uh, he sends me uh, just a ton oh, of stuff, oh, oh, oh. but I, I, oh, that's I, what you meant. I think, I, I think this is really important, Ben, uh, because she's sending you fudge or no, he's, <laughs> uh, it, it, but to what you're talking about, because as we recently said about the, the, the Gallup poll with, uh, the Democrats having the least support they've ever had for Israel, uh, uh, that they're more in favor of the Palestinians. Palestinian TV airs musical calling to attacks Israel everywhere, Israelis everywhere. And I'm sorry, uh, say that again, please. Uh, Palestinian TV airs a musical calling a to musical. attack, calling to attack Israelis everywhere with bullets and bombs. You're and, kidding. What What is the name of that musical? Uh, the musical titled "The Journey of a Nation." depicts the struggle of the Palestinians over nearly a century, apparently from decades before even the establishment of the state of Israel. But the, I think the bigger point has been, you're not going to see this story anywhere. You're, you're not well, going to, you're, I know, you're right. You're so right. You are so, and, so right. And, um, and, and, and this is, and this is really what we're up against. This, the, 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 I, I don't know how you, uh, I, 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 as you, 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 as you mentioned, I don't know how you win this battle. I don't know how you win this war. Uh, it's the, the, the left really has won the war of attrition and, uh, and that the war of attrition being the dumbing down of the society. And I don't know how, you I don't know if that's a war of attrition sure. exactly, but it's a, uh, certainly is a horrible turn of events and, uh, really scares me. I mean, I have a terribly smart son. I think, uh, he can be counted on to, uh, spread the good word wherever he goes. Although he, nowadays he goes to bed very early, so he probably can't even watch our show. Uh, so I just don't know what, where where does the word come from. I mean, I, I get an awful lot of emails every day from people who have, have the right idea, but uh, how much of it is getting out on a scale comparable to the power of the New York Times or the uh, even the L.A. Times or Google? I don't know. Or, or Google, Google, or, right, and, Google and, or, right, or Google, or, and, or CNN. And, and YouTube, well, nobody watches, but, but, but remember, Google is the most massive uh, for, form of news, Peter. That's, that's the biggest news source in the world. And this stuff isn't, isn't, is just not getting out there. 
everywhere and it gets to the top every time you do a search. Yeah. And Peter, I, I, I don't know. What, what is the hope? I mean, I'm being I'm asking this in an honest way. I, I what is it, We have kids that are going to wake up and it, it, they're going to be looking it'll be all over. Yeah, it'll the, be all the, over. The Red Dawn won't be what won't have been a, 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 a movie a by movie. Uh, just, just a movie at that point, Peter. I'm not sure that's true. I don't think we're going to I don't think we're going to be suffer from a military takeover. I think we're just sort of going to if, if it happens, it's going to be because we just gave in. You know, we just join the rest of the crowd and, and you know, sort of sort of like the difference between dropping a lobster into a pot of boiling water and drop putting a lobster in a pot of cold water and just leaving it there as the water boils. The lobster feels one. He doesn't feel the other, but he ends up in the same place. Um, the I, don't know, you know, I don't know, Peter. That's uh, I mean, let's hope let's hope you're right that we don't suffer from military invasion. And, and I think you're quite right. I don't I don't think we're going to be invaded. We're just too far away from uh, Russia and China. But uh, I'll tell you something: the will to fight, the will to protect this great, fabulous super country. Where's that gone? What, ha what happened? I, to it? What I, happened? To I, well, the, a lot of a lot of kids are because of things like the 1619 project being told that America is not worth defending. It's I, fundamentally you know, I got to say, I, 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 I sorry to interrupt you, but I, I don't think this is just a recent thing. This isn't a two year thing or a three year no, 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 thing. No, I, this is this has been an ongoing thing of the ripping apart of American exceptionalism on purpose, yes. but by, yeah. you, you could see it in the, you could see it in our movies. You could listen. I'm of a generation where I was raised and movies, obviously like Ben was in, I was raised mm -hmm. by, by, by the John uses of the world. I was raised by uh, where there was good versus evil. It was us against them. And we no longer have those movies. We no longer have, those core values movies of, of who we are as people, of how good we are of it, as, a, as a nation. We just don't. And we're not getting them. And uh, it's a very it's it, so, Peter, that's just it's been going on for a long time. I, no, I don't. Dis, I don't disagree with you. I'm just I'm just trying to cite more current examples of things that that people may be aware of now that they can do something about. We can't do anything about things that happened 10 or 20 years ago. Um, I'm hoping and I continue to be hopeful that when people get out of school and they get into the real world and they understand that you need to have pride in work and self-confidence and the opportunities that are out there and the burden that, that falls on each of us that's put there by people who think that the government ought to be in a position to redistribute wealth and income that, that they will rethink what they know. People have the capacity to learn. People have That's the capacity very good point. to change. Very good point. Very good you know, point. Ronald, Ronald Reagan used to say, I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left me. But the fact is <laughs> that many of the things that Ronald Reagan believed when he was an actor in the 40s in Hollywood are things that he would reject as president of the United States. Oh, all, almost all of them, I think. You know, people uh, yeah, people can so change. Right. And, and, you know, Ben, it's, it's important, you know, and, and what you've been saying about the Russians, that it, that, it, that it is true that without the Russians in the war, it would have been very hard, much harder for the forces of light to defeat the forces of darkness 
in fascist Italy and uh, Nazi Germany. But remember also that Stalin partnered with Hitler to divide up Poland. And he did that before before the Russian Germans invaded Russia. Yes, he did that before the Russians were invaded. But the fact is that Stalin switched sides in the war. And I'm not sure they teach that, but nobody should be allowed to forget that. And nobody should be allowed to forget that Stalin decided that there were a whole bunch of people who were undesirable, who ought to be put into Russian army uniforms and sent to the front so that they would just create a human wall that the Germans had to expend ammunition on getting through. I mean, he used people. Well, we know, I, I'm not sure like what your point is fire. here. I'm not sure what your point is here, Peter. I mean, we. Well, but, nobody, but my, my, my point is, Stalin is that, was a good guy. No, 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 no. I'm not saying you said that Stalin was a good guy. I'm just saying that there are two sides to that story. And it's important to when you tell one, it's important to tell both. And when we talk about the need to conserve energy and use it responsibly. It's important to tell both sides of that story. And when we talk about freedom and liberty and we talk about what America is, it's important to tell both sides of the story. We are not a perfect country. We have never been a perfect country, but we are the best damn country that has ever been on the face of the planet and probably will be because of our values our core values. And I think that when we start talking to kids about that, you know, there's an education revolution going on right now. And it was caused by the COVID lockdowns. They shut down the schools at the request of the teachers unions. And so kids had to stay home all day for a year and a half. And they were supposed to be learning online and they weren't. And it caused, caused real costs, economic costs, socialization costs, psychological costs, and parents are waking up and they are supporting politicians who are injecting life into the school choice movement by redirecting, uh, establishing programs to redirect state education funding into educational scholarships that parents can use to send their kids to the schools of their choice, not the school down the street. That's gonna have a huge impact, particularly in large population areas, where you can run schools out of vacant office buildings for for a little money and a little tuition, but hire quality teachers to teach them about history and math and science and civics and economics. And kids are going to have the opportunity to learn, learn the values, learn the facts, learn what it means to be an American. Newt used to say, every generation we experience a wave of immigrant. One of them are geographic. One wave is geographic. The other wave is temporal. They're called children. And just like the people who come here from other countries have to learn what it means to be an American, so do children. And people have to be willing to step up to teach them like you do so brilliantly on this podcast every every three I days. I must say, you too, you too, sir. Well and said, you, Peter. Uh, you're very ben, kind, sir. Yeah. Ben, I, I, mean I don't it. know where we're going to get that. You're very kind, sir. I mean that. I'm not sure where we're going to get these teachers from. People I know who go into teaching, uh, unfortunately, are uh, not really uh, pro-American people by and large, but uh, that's maybe because they are, uh, some of them are from my family and they uh, they grew up, not certainly not from Herbert Stein's part of the family, but there was various uh, values that uh, I think um, my mother, God bless her soul, 
would uh, would have disagreed very strongly with. You know, remember, I, I, remember too, things, though, that academia is a cartel, like law and medicine, and they set rules and 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 get the government to pass rules that say you have to have a teaching certificate, and you have to have this kind of education and that kind of education. So somebody, so a retired naval officer who spent 20 years in the nuclear Navy and is 45 and is looking for something to do and wants to go teach science in a public school, can't get hired because he doesn't have a teaching certificate and because he didn't study teaching. He just knows the subject. He doesn't know teaching. And I'm sorry, I've heard that excuse for too long. You know, maybe they're right, but I don't buy it. Because there are a lot of parents who homeschool their kids and do a great job and they don't have teaching. Peter, I think you've brought up a brilliant, a a, a really good point. Uh, If you just tuned in, you are listening to the world, according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. And I I really wanted to touch on something that uh, I I haven't heard uh, anybody fighting back. And it's a a frightening thing that Gavin Newsom is celebrating the fact that he has stockpiled two million abortion pills. And uh, yeah, and Ben, while- For personal use? (laughs) (laughs) I I wish. I I don't know if he has any. I guess he does have children, but uh, Ben, it's a. Uh, it, it, he certainly doesn't have two million. That's for sure. And Ben, the, the bigger point, as you brought up before the show, it's like you should be celebrating the building of reservoirs or uh, the the desalinization of water. Uh, desalinization. Desalinization or setting that up systems like that that uh, will help feed people and uh, will help people survive as opposed to stocking up on things that are killing things. And that's a very scary thing. It's a very scary thing. Well, the Democrat party has become the party of death. It's really terrifying. They are the party of violence and the party of death. And it's really, really sad. I don't think it was, uh, I don't think it was true in the past, but um, academics tend to be pretty angry people. And uh, we, We've got a really angry group of them now, and they really, they want to hurt somebody. It reminds me, I've got one of my relatives, I didn't need to say who, an extremely beautiful young woman, extremely. Uh, When uh, I bought her a gun for her birthday, uh, my God, I don't even remember how many years ago this was. Uh, She said, oh, she said, I want to kill. I'm so glad I have this gun. I want to kill something. And I couldn't get her to explain what she wanted to kill, uh, but uh, she certainly wanted to kill something. And uh, wow, that was uh, that's that's a scary thought. That I think there are a number of uh, people in this country who want to do that. The scary thing that that, that uh, blows my brains out is that so many of the people wanting to have the right to kill their own children are women. I, I don't understand. I mean, we. I was under the impression, obviously incorrect, that women were supposed to like children and that wanted to take to take care of them and nurture them. Where where the idea came from that they should want to kill them, I'm not sure. But it's a, the, a very from the, scary women, thing. from the women's studies department at the university they attended, which which treats which which presents motherhood as a as a host parasite relationship. And which uh, implies that, 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 scary, that women that, that that the responsibility of of bearing and raising children, which which 
I think, frankly, the raising part needs to be shared equally between the male parent and the female parent, um, that it somehow impedes a woman's opportunity for material success. You know, there, and there's, there's, some, there's some data that suggests that women who choose to take time off their, their careers to be full-time mothers don't, uh, don't achieve as much as materially as, as women who are not put in that position. But what nobody seems to be doing any research on is whether the work-life balance and the level of, of happiness and satisfaction is higher among women who stay in the workforce than women who decide to leave the workforce to raise their children. I mean, they have a choice. They can do what they want at that point. But I would like to see some studies about happiness to balance off the studies about economic success, because it's not all about money. Wait, say that part, last part again. It's not all about I'm money. I'm kidding, kidding, kidding. Never it's been, not all about it. I mean, I'm pinching myself. I can't believe Never I just been, said ben, that. He raises, he, I mean, the point he's bringing up, it is something I know you think about. And I, you, you, you love the, uh, what was it you called it? The sociological uh debate to me on the phone today or the the, th the talk of this stuff and peter's completely right listen i'm in a i'm in a community right now where uh, uh i'm in bergenfield new jersey where i was out playing uh, with my it was it's a passover so the 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 kids in the orthodox community didn't have their phones on they were just playing outside uh they were playing with my dog they were playing in the dirt uh there was just they were in the moment and uh, the parents were there, the mothers were there, the fathers were there, all over, just walking around. And they were happy. Everybody just seen, there was, a, there, there was a certain happiness level to that nuclear family, Ben, that we constantly talk about that the left loves to shoot down. But I'm in a community right now where for the most part, the nuclear family is surviving and has survived. And there's something extremely beautiful to walk around and see that. I couldn't agree more, and uh, I'm very glad that you're having that opportunity. I'm in an Orthodox a community that's largely Jewish, too, called Beverly Hills. Uh, the kids, uh, some of them look happy, some of them don't look happy, but uh, I don't know. I think uh, if you have a good family, it's an incredibly wonderful thing to spend a lot of time with your family. If you have a bad family, it's an incredibly, unbelievably horrible thing. But uh, your point is well taken. It's a wonderful thing to have a, a good family to spend time with. In the meantime, uh, I wonder how many people who are watching this, who I know it's a very small number all told, uh, want to be teachers. I mean, how, how many want to be teachers? I was a teacher for a while. I absolutely loved it. I just loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. And But I wonder how many other people do want to be teachers and uh, how many of them would really love it. I, I really don't know the answer to that. I, I'm a great, great fan of teaching. It's a great, great way to spend your time. But uh, how many people want to do it nowadays? And how many people want to do it, especially if they're going to have to fight against the students in their classes and the other teachers who are calling them fascists and, and racist? I, I don't know how many people are going to want to do that. So you raise a good point, And this goes back to Peter's uh, uh, Freakonomics point which was which was uh, setting up these little private, these little uh, shanties uh, uh, for, for schools and having, uh, you know, kids that want to be there, teachers that are getting paid, well paid because the money's not being wasted, uh, as we know how much money gets wasted in the public school system. The problem is, 
Peter, as you're bringing up, is when you live in places like Ben lives and you live in places like here, where we have the highest property taxes in the United States of America, it's extremely wow. hard to uh, take that money that you're paying, that's property taxes, a lot of it goes to the public educational system, and, to, and then to go and support one of those schools that are so, so sorely needed, Peter. Well, you know, we do the best we can. We win where we can. You know, the, some of these uh, education backpack programs like they're adopting in Arizona and Florida uh, and that? Iowa. I don't know what that means. I, I don't know what that phrase means. The education backpack. That, that's, yeah. that's what one of the words they're calling it. It means basically that the, that the money that the state would give, not the money that comes from the community um, in property taxes, but the money that comes from the state government would go into a backpack and follow the kid rather than go to the school. Because every, every, almost every state, some percentage of the funding in each school comes from state money. And it's divided up based on the number of kids in the school. And I think quite reasonably what they're saying is, a son, instead of giving that money to the school, give that money to the student. And if the student's parents want to take it and go someplace else, they will. You know, I, I, I don't know a lot about this. I need to read about it and find out more. But in the, in the 50s and the 60s, in the South, where Black children could not get a quality education, there was something started called freedom schools by people who wanted to be able to teach Black kids to read and write and about American history and science and other things. And, and you know, there were some states like where I am in Virginia where the public schools were closed so that they didn't have to integrate them. We need a new freedom school movement to teach kids about freedom, about your rights, your responsibilities, how you live as free people, um, what, what America's traditions are, what our civic culture's about, what our values are, the fundamentals of, of national economics and personal economics. You know, it, it, it bugs me that in public school, kids graduate knowing more about how to use birth control than how to balance a checkbook. Because they're taught yes. about birth control. They're not taught how to balance a checkbook. There's no class for that. I don't know how to balance the checkbook either. Yeah, but back to you. Uh, ben, you've been preaching this for God knows how many years. I have about, been preaching uh, about everything for about, a long about, years. Especially, though, about the educational system and teaching people about money. And it's, it's a, it's a, you've, been, you've been completely right. Obviously, nobody decided to listen to you. But, uh, but to the point where, to your point where, they're not getting it. Peter's right. And it's frightening that Peter's right. They know more about this crap than they do about how to write a well, check. What, what, what do you say this crap? What do you mean? By uh, this crap? What I'm referring to, well, obviously, uh, the uh, sexual about, activity and, and the means needed to event appropriation. That's terribly important. And, no, and, no, and it isn't, well, it's an important life. thing. No, but no, it he, gets... we, we were referring to abortions, Ben. Yeah. Where we were refer we were referring to them being staunch supporters of uh of uh global of cause of, of things like global warming and uh climate change or whatever they want to call it now, fake things as opposed to what you're talking about is real tangible things, Ben, that they need. Well, going. the princess and the prince discuss what's real and what is not. It doesn't matter. 
outside the gates of Eden. That's, you have to think about that for a minute. Anyway, we are in Eden right now. It's just absolutely wonderful, but it's going to change. And that's the, the scary, terrifying part. Uh, I'm, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged very, very much by what I see in my son's life, which is that he has gotten a job recently. It's quite a, quite a physically demanding job. And uh, he is uh, taking to it, I think I would say, like a duck to water, at least so far. And uh, I, I hope that happens to more and more people. I, I, I think uh, Mr. Milton Friedman used to say that a, uh, the, the, the making of a liberal into a conservative required only that he has to earn a living and support his family. And uh, that's uh, extremely, a lot, extremely that. a lot of truth in that one. There wasn't much of that he said that wasn't truthful. Okay, let me just uh, read a rant from Blue Spring Mom as we're running out of time. I homeschooled my two children uh, from birth to 12th grade without a teaching degree. My son graduated with a bachelor's degree. My daughter got two, has two years in college and I'm happily married with, uh, I couldn't read the rest of it uh, since there was no more in there. So congratulations. Well, that'll do it. If you, there's not any more in there, even it, you it, can't it, read it. I, I can't read what's not there. And I, uh, I, I, the two boys that dog walk for me uh, in my building are homeschooled. Uh, they're incredibly uh, good and bright kids. They belong to baseball leagues and all those things. They're extremely respectful. And their mother's doing an amazing job homeschooling them. And there is something to be said uh, for the mother being at home. Uh, not It's the most important job in the world. And I don't know how in the world that got lost with that feminist thing, thinking that that's not the most important job, important job in the world is uh, raising your is, is raising your children and teaching your children. I don't know how that became some, somehow been anti-feminist. I don't- I, I became anti-woman. Became anti I saw it happening when I was at Yale. It was happening right before our eyes. My wifey, my big wifey, who's uh, in another part of the house right now, I, and I as, as watching this with, with the loyalty that she always displays towards her husband, I'm just deep, that by itself is deeply, deeply, deeply wonderful and touching. Uh, she and I saw it happening. Women would come there, and uh, they would be thinking it would be a great thing to be a mother. And uh, next thing they knew, uh, they were thinking, "Wow, women who become mothers are super suckers, and and uh, they're just fools, and they're being brainwashed by the capitalist pigs." And that's uh, a really, really sad, sad situation. But uh, little by little, we have to claw it back for decent values. Brilliantly said. And uh, on that note, I say to my, uh, come visit my uh, niece who just had her third child and she's walking around and uh, raring to go. Uh, two, two, three days ago, she had a beautiful girl. And to my nephew in Israel who had a beautiful boy and uh, all of them happy mother, great, great mothers, amazing mothers. And uh, if, if they, I wish they were the, they, they could be the champ people like Mandy too, who's obviously a frequent guest on our show, an amazing mother and an amazing career woman that shows you could have everything and you could do whatever you'd like and not to listen to these insane people out there. On that note, I want to thank everybody. I want to thank the rumblers, the ranthers, the truthers. I want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts and spread the word, spread the message, spread the love and uh, leave those comments, leave those comments uh, on Apple, and if you can. And of course, Peter, tell them where they could find you. Newsweek.com, dailycaller.com, Google, 
Facebook, Twitter, and Truth Social at the Roth Draft. Perfect. And of course, you can find Ben Stein on bedstein.substack.com. You can find them here. You can find them uh, at American Spectator, American which Spectator. is spectator.org. You could also find them at Newsmax, and you can find them on the world, according to Ben. And Stein. also, almost every day at the meat and fish counter at Pavilions, a wonderful grocery store near here. There you are. And Ben, would you please be so kind as to take us out? We are not afraid. We are not afraid. We are not afraid today. Oh, deep in my heart, I do believe we are not afraid today. And I'm going to add one final thing. What women learn when they go to these prestige women's colleges is that they are aristocrats. And aristocrats are not supposed to be doing housework. They're not supposed to be cleaning shit off their babies' asses. They are supposed to be the bosses, and they're supposed to be intellectuals. They're not supposed to be working. Perfectly said. We'll see everybody on Saturday night. God bless you all. God bless America. And God bless just everybody. Please stay safe. We'll talk to everybody later. God bless you all.